Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? Yes, He is. We just give Him praise and glory and honor in this house today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we want to thank You for Your goodness and Your mercy. We want to thank You for Your blessings, God. We want to thank You for Your presence here in such a beautiful, wonderful way, Lord God. We want to thank You, God, for Your anointing that is filling this house right now, Lord God. That in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we're going to see the glorious grace of You, Lord God, manifest in a powerful way, Lord. We just want to thank You. We want to praise You. We want to magnify Your name. For You are great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. You are worthy of all the glory and all the honor. You're worthy in this house today, God. So to You be all glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We pray that our eyes would be open, our ears would be open, and our heart ready to receive and believe the Word of God. I believe God's got a message for us today that is literally going to help us today and every day for the rest of our lives. I know it blessed me. I've just been so excited about it, and I'm just now excited to be able to share it with you. And this thing goes back, let me tell you what, God has a plan. God had a, has a plan. Uh, 4,000 years from Adam and 400 years from Malachi, God said, I'm going to send my son in flesh. I'm coming in flesh to this earth and I'm going to restore everything that the devil has stolen from mankind. God was not going to leave us in a battle-ridden state to where we were in defeat, but he was bringing us victory in and through His Son, Jesus Christ. And here Jesus came born of a virgin. He had to be born of a virgin so He wasn't born in sin because if He was born of the seed of Adam, He'd have been just like us, born in sin. But He was born of a virgin. He was without sin and He lived the number of years required to show Himself sinless. Hallelujah. The Bible says He was tempted with temptation in every way that we are tempted. Everything you've ever dealt with, He had to deal with. But He did it without sin. Praise God. So He came to show us the perfect image of God the Father. So when we look at Jesus and we study Jesus' life, we're seeing the perfect image and the will of the Father. Jesus actually said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He says, I do what the Father tells me to do. I say what the Father, I hear Him say, it's what I say. He said, I'm here to see my Father's will be done on this earth. So Jesus is the perfect expression of the mind and the heart of God here on earth. And when he was here, we study in the New Testament, we see that which was prophesied in the Old Testament came to pass. He healed the sick, the Bible says. He set the captives free. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. He came and he raised the dead, the Bible says. He brought forth supernatural increase. He even multiplied the loaves and the fish. The, the secular historians as well as biblical historians all tell us the same story, that he was a miracle worker. Our Jesus was here to show us the will, the image, and the desire of His Father. And when He hung on the cross on Golgotha, the place of the skull, He was there to finish some unfinished business. Going back to Genesis 3 and 15, where He said the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. Let me tell you what, Jesus came and He reached all the way back to Eden and He took the tree of life and He stuck it in the hill of Golgotha. 
Golgotha and he hung on that tree. And Galatians says by hanging on that tree, he took the curse off of us so that the blessing could come on us. Does anybody see what he did? Hallelujah. And though he had never sinned by hanging on the cross and taking the curse, for cursed is he who hangs on a tree. He took our sin. He was made sin so that you and I, who were sinners, might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. And then Ephesians tells us how he, in order to ascend, he must first descend into the lower parts of the earth. See, Jesus had some unfinished business he had to take care of. And the Bible says he descended into the lower parts of the earth and he preached himself to those in Abraham's bosom called Upper Hades or called Paradise. If you remember the thief that was on the cross that called out to Jesus, Jesus said, Today you will be with me in Paradise. He had to go to those who had trusted in God but who had not yet been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. They had a covering of blood, oxen's blood. They had a covering of dove's blood. But they didn't have the sinless, spotless blood of Jesus Christ. So they couldn't go before the Father so they were in this Upper Hades. They were in this place called Paradise. But Jesus reached it within there and He preached to those of the Old Covenant and He showed Himself to them. Up to this point, they had only seen Jesus through types and they'd seen Him through shadows and seen Him through symbols. But He says, that which you were seeing the symbol of, that which you saw the type of, that which you saw the shadow of, He says, I am He! I am the Son of the living God! And they worshipped Him. Hallelujah! And the Bible says on the third day when He was resurrected, that He came up with such life force through the earth that many dead bodies of those saints that had been dead and buried for centuries and millennia that they walked the streets and were witnessed by many. Read that in Matthew 27, 52 for yourself. That there was probably Abraham and Moses. Man, the life force of Jesus just so shook. Man, it just raised the dead as He came forth. Hallelujah. What a life force that, this, that has come conquered death and the grave. Praise the Lord. And then for 40 days, you know the story, Jesus walked among the men there and He showed Himself to, at times, crowds of over a hundred people. He was showing Himself resurrected. They, they saw the man who had been crucified, who they had been placed in the earth, buried in a tomb, now alive, resurrected, and walking among them. And if you remember, Jesus tells His disciples, this is all recorded in great detail in the Word of God, He tells them that I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to tarry there until you are endued from on high with what? Power. He said, you need the power. He says, I'm going to be moving forward and going to my Father in heaven and you're going to be moving forward. But before you go forward, you need the power. You're going to experience a miracle, a miracle manifest of heaven on earth. You will receive the Holy Ghost and power. I'll send my Spirit not to be only with you, but to be in you. In Jesus. And, and this is what Jesus was telling them. Now, now get this, according to the understanding of these times, if you were going to establish a new government or a new territory to be governed, you had to have a quorum of 120 people. That was a secular uh, culturalization thing that they would have understood. You had to have a quorum of 120 let me tell you what, everything was set up by God in such a way that they knew something new was about to happen. 
something new was about to happen. And you can go back to Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 6, 1 through 20, where King Solomon is uh, uh, building the temple. You remember he's building Solomon's temple there. And he assigns 120 priests to function in authority in the new temple. And as they assembled in one place, you can read this in 2 Chronicles, they were singing and they were playing instruments and they were praying and they were praising God and the Shekinah glory of God filled the temple so thick that they couldn't even see anymore. They could see the physical presence of the Spirit of God but they couldn't see beyond the glory of the Lord. Now, I don't know if you see the correlation here or not, but in the temple, 120 priests are praying and worshiping God with one voice, the Bible says, and in one accord. And now in the New Testament, we see in the upper room, 120 were praying and worshiping God in one place, with one voice, in one accord. If you don't get this, you see in the Old Testament, there in that temple was the Holy of Holies, uh, and there was the Ark of the Covenant, the divine box that was carrying the Old Covenant, the divine box that was carrying the presence of God and the correlation in the upper room where now there is the redeemed men and women of God. They have now become the divine box that is carrying the new covenant and they are the divine box carrying the presence of God in the temple. God's glory filled the Holy of Holies, filled it with His Spirit and power and presence. And in the upper room, God filled each and every one of them in the room with His glory and His presence in a mighty way. Paul tells us in Corinthians, uh, he said, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit whom is in you? He is in you and for you have received Him from God. We are now the divine box. We are the, the Ark of the Covenant carrying the presence of God and carrying the new covenant of God and it began in the upper room as they were filled with the Spirit and power. Yes, everything God set up, He sets up in such a way that they knew something new was starting. There was a quorum of 120, a new government, a new kingdom. That's what Jesus taught them to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that was the beginning of something that we don't sit here today and just celebrate as a historical moment. But we are to be alive, we are to be functioning, and we're to be active in because that was the birth of the church. Jesus says, I will build my church, my ecclesia. That word ecclesia in the Greek is a government word. It is a word where the people would come out of their homes and assemble together to govern in the kingdom work. In the, it would be used in the earthly kingdom, in the earthly government. But God chose a Washington, D.C. word, if I could say it that way, to name the church so that the people would understand that this is a, this is a new kingdom here on earth. This is a new government. It has a new king. It has a new power source. It has a new uh, 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 constitution, you might would say. The new covenant. Hallelujah. And he says in this covenant, this church is going to operate in such a way that the gates of hell is going to shake, rattle, and roll. The gates of hell can't lock him out. The gates of hell stole your children and stole your health and stole your wealth and thought they had it. But this 
this church, this kingdom on earth is going to come against the gates of hell and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And you're going to be able to take back what the enemy has stolen. Hallelujah. Because this is going to be a mighty working of God here on earth. Hallelujah. So Jesus has given us the church to be a part of the church, but He said we had to have the power in order to go forth. And then as we study in the Scripture, in Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And something immediately began to happen. When they realized they had power, something began to happen. This kingdom began to advance. This newly formed kingdom from the quorum of 120 who now had authority and power and had a constitution or a covenant given by God, it began to do something. And I know their minds was going back to what Jesus said when Jesus says, as, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. They're like, wow, we've got to be a part of this. Now, we're, we've got the power. We've got the insight. We've got the wisdom. Most assuredly, I say unto you, Jesus said, he who believes in me, the works that I do, uh, he will do also. You see, those? you see those words there? Jesus said, the works that I do, you'll do also. But even greater works than these He will do because I go to my Father and He has sent His Spirit now to dwell and flow through each of us. So please hear me. Jesus said that He was giving us the same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit. Do you hear me? Not a similar Holy Spirit. Not a junior Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit. Sometimes you just got to say that to yourself over and over that I've been given the same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Look at what Romans 8 and 11 says. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give Zoe, will give life, will give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. He said, I'll give Zoe life. I'll give Sozo life. I'll give life to your mortal body. So when you clap your hands or pinch yourself, that's your mortal body. That he will give life, life, life. Not when you get to heaven. Thank God we have it there. But now, now, this is where that kingdom is to operate, where the gates of hell are still at work. So I don't know about you, but I want to throw up my hands and say, welcome, Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. I welcome you, Holy Spirit, with your resurrection power, with your healing virtue. Same Holy Spirit that caused the saints of old to come up out of the tombs and walk on the streets. The same life, that same abundant life that Jesus spoke of. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Hallelujah. You're not something less. You're not watered down. You're not inferior and you're not old. You're the same, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. <clears throat> I mean, there's times I have to tell myself, I'll, I'll get blindsided by something and, and it'll shake me and then I'm like, wait a minute, I've got the same, the same, the same Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, Jesus depended on the same Holy Spirit that Jesus operated in miracles through the power of the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus. The same. 
And, and, I, and, I, and I talk myself back into right position so that I can w- move forward with authority. Now, after they were filled with the Holy Spirit and the power from God, now we know Peter, who was, the Bible gave us details about him being a coward and him denying he knew the Lord and cursing and all this stuff. Now, with that power and his kingdom purpose, he is now standing and preaching with boldness, and 3,000 are saved. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done was happening right before them. So they begin now to walk out this new miracle lifestyle as, as they go forth. And I don't know if this was the first event, but this is one of the first events the Bible gives us of a miracle that took place after the preaching there and 3,000 being saved. And what I want us to do this morning is I want us to take this miracle and look at the ingredients in this miracle. And, and, and we, I've just entitled it, I've entitled this Ingredients for a Miracle. Now, there are other miracles throughout the New Testament that are amazing, and they may have some different agreement, you know, ingredients. And so I'm not in any way ditching those, but I'm just saying let's look at this one miracle and look at these ingredients and so let it build our faith up that we can walk in the miracle manifest of God. So here in Acts chapter 3, we see what, as they're walking this kingdom out with the power of God, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, it was the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms for those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by his right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Hallelujah. So this is one of the first miracles that we see with this new quorum that has established a government with authority and a new covenant or you might say a new constitution as they're being led by God. And I want us to look at these ingredients. And the first ingredient we see here is Peter and John went up. So as they went up, we see we need an elevated place. We need an elevated place as a part of a miracle. We need to be elevated in our place of our thinking. And that's what I believe one of my jobs here is to do. Because we need to get to a high place in our spirit. Realizing that God has raised us up together and has made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Satan wants you to think you're under his feet. Satan wants you to think that he's got his heel on your head. But I'm here to remind you that God has given us authority over all the power of the enemy and he is the one who is under our feet. So we need to get up in our mind. We need to get up in our spirit. See, it's hard to help someone when you're in a lower place. It's hard to help somebody up when you see yourself beneath where they're at. Let me tell you what. The way of God is always up. 
Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. Come and let us ascend to the hill of Zion. Come and let us arise and build the kingdom of God. God had so chosen Jerusalem to be that central place. And it was, it was a higher elevation than anywhere around. So if you were going to Jerusalem from the north traveling south, you were going up to Jerusalem. And if you were from the south traveling north, you were going up to Jerusalem. And if you were the west traveling east, you were going up to Jerusalem. And if you were the east traveling west, you were going up to Jerusalem. The city of God was set high on a hill. And He said, we the church would be like a city of, uh, that is set upon a hill. That we are to be that light that the world looks up to to see their hope that is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. But you'll struggle. Listen. You'll struggle working the works of God and walking in the power of God if you see yourself as a grasshopper and the enemy is a giant. God gives us a story of the Israelites and the spies that went in the land and they saw themselves, they saw themselves, they saw themselves as, as grasshoppers and the giants as huge and said, we can't do what God said we can do. And it displeased God. Forty years He sent them in the wilderness to circle a mountain until that generation of unbelief died off. Let me tell you what. You need and I need to encourage one another to keep us in a high place, an elevated place, where we say our God is stronger than anything we're coming against. The devil is under our feet. That we are not going to yield and we're not going to run. We're going to fight the good fight of faith because we know Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Hallelujah. The Bible says, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Jesus said, behold, I give you authority to trample, to trample. Somebody needs to start trampling. He didn't say, put the shadow of your boot over. He said to trample scorpions, to trample serpents. And he says that we have authority over all the power of the enemy and he by no means shall hurt you. We've got to get to an elevated place. I pray every time you come on this property you feel a lift because I've been walking this property and I've been talking on this property and I've been praying over this property and I've got intercessors thank God this church has intercessors that we walk these grounds and we pray and we walk these uh, pews and seats and, and we anoint and pray so that you would feel the Spirit of God when you come in here. That you would see the light of the glory of God. That you would feel a, a lift. A, a lift. That you know what? The devil's been telling you you're going to lose but you're all of a sudden in a, in a kingdom environment that says you're a winner, you're the head and not the tail you're above only and not beneath, you're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out and you're like wow I needed to be reminded of that I needed to be encouraged in that the battle is intense but I needed somebody to give me that breath of fresh air, hallelujah so they went up the Bible says to the temple at the hour of prayer and then number two you see it right here someone has to have some power We've got to have some power. And we know the power that defeats the enemy is not our power, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to welcome the Holy Spirit. You'll never come to the place where you're suffering so much that the devil will say, okay, I'll let up on you. We'll have a ceasefire. I feel sorry for you. Let me tell you what, the devil doesn't let go because you're feeling bad. And the devil doesn't let go because you're crying. 
The devil doesn't back off because you're losing your house or losing your business or losing your family or can't sleep at night. Let me tell you what. The devil will never back off because he has pity on you. But there's one thing that the devil understands that the Bible so clearly defines and that is a greater force. The devil understands a greater force. So somebody's got to have some power. Jesus tells us in Luke 11 and 21 that a strong man keeps his house. He keeps his house until a greater one comes in and kicks him out. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Let me tell you what. You have a greater force if you're open to the Spirit of God. You have greater power if you're open to the Spirit of God. You and I have a greater push in the Spirit that God has given to us. And Satan, I'm telling you, he's not going to let go based on pain. And God is not going to move based on need. You need to know that as well. If he did, all the needs in the world would be met without any intervention. But God moves based on faith, the Bible says. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you and I have to believe. We have to believe. Now let me tell you what, believing sounds easy, but when you're under fire, you're like that father whose child, he told Jesus, he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. Because we've had all these years of, of, of trying to lean on other crutches and depend on other ideologies and depend on other philosophies that it really can erode and fight against us in this new kingdom work of God in believing. And there's nothing wrong with identifying that but not excusing it. We need to say, God, I believe. I'm postured towards belief, but help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Amen. And I believe God will do just that. And He'll bring people together and around you to help you in that as well. Praise God. But we've got to know that we've got Holy Ghost power. We've got the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. There's nothing greater. There's nothing more powerful than the power of the Spirit of God. So we've got the power. And the next thing we see we need is Peter and John went up together. They went up together. We need agreement. The Bible says in Amos 3 and 3, can two walk together unless they are agreed? Jesus said in Matthew 18 and 19, again I say, again, He said, I'm telling you this, I've told you before, I'm repeating myself, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Hallelujah. Agreement. We've got to come in agreement with the Father. We've got to come in agreement with one another and the Word of God. And this word agree comes from a Greek word. We get our word symphony from. Uh, symphonio is the word, and it means to sound together, to be in accord. They were in the upper room in one accord. Solomon's temple, they were there in one accord. There was that, that agreement. So they'd be in one accord, to, be, to harmonize, to make a complementary sound. Not necessarily the same sound, it's not like uh, the musician hitting a C note and the guitar player playing a C note and the bass player playing a C note. And, you know, it, that would be the same. But, but they're all playing different instruments, but they're harmonizing together, which creates a whole new sound. It, there's a sound harmony brings. It's why symphonies and orchestras are so powerful and move us so deeply is because they create a whole different sound than what one sound can make. 
And, and, and that's what this here, he says, if you can agree that you can, from your experiences and your understanding of God, you can come in and agree. And another one can come in and agree. You can see that there's power there. There's power there. And, 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 and I believe that's so important. That's why, you know, God's Word declares it from heaven, but He needs somebody on earth to come in agreement with what He's saying. And that's why I love this church. You guys come in agreement. I preach you the Word of God and you say, Amen. You say, amen, let it be. You know, we're not this quiet church that's not coming in agreement with what God is saying. We want to see thy kingdom come, thy will be done now. So we're like, yes, Lord, I believe your word, Lord. Amen, I stand with your word. I agree, you have a different sound than I do, but together, when we come in agreement, we release the power of God. Hallelujah. I say sometimes uh, that it's like giving a partner to your faith. We need to give our faith a partner, something to agree with. And you see throughout the New Testament where uh, faith would come together with another partner and it would bring forth the manifest. Said you, they, would, the, they would, by faith, pray. And in their prayers, by faith, where they would see miracles take place. They would give with their faith. Uh, you remember in Acts 10, I think it was, it was uh, Cornelius is asked the Lord you know, what, what it was. And the angel replied and said, your prayers and your giving has come up as a memorial offering before the Lord. So, so God was looking at your prayers and your giving, that partnership, that agreement there. We need to be the amen of heaven on earth, right? So as God speaks from heaven, we need to amen it. That's just the bottom line. If God says the law shall be saved, I say yes. If God says the sick shall be healed, I say yes. If God says the addict shall be set free, I say yes. If God says He's going to bring His people out of darkness into His marvelous light, I say yes. I'm not going to try and theorize and argue with God. I say if you said it, God, I agree with it, God. Whether I'm seeing it or not, I'm agreeing with it because I know you, God, will outlast any lie that is trying to be a lying vanity before me. Hallelujah. And then as we go through the story here, we see another ingredient to this miracle is Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. We need prayer. We need prayer. We don't need to study about prayer. We don't need to read about prayer. We don't need to talk about prayer. We don't need to teach classes about prayer. We don't need to watch videos on prayer. Let me tell you, all oh, that's good, but let me tell you what, you'll never see the effect of prayer unless you pray. Unless you pray. We need to be a people of prayer. Jesus said, my Father's house shall be known as a house of prayer. Thank God for the people that pray in this church. We have a praying church. Did you know that? We have a praying church. We have intercessors here who have gone through the school of healing and school of miracles so that they could better know how to agree with the Word of God and not disagree so that their prayers would be sharp and their prayers would be an arrow that would pierce the, the works of darkness and to bring forth life. Hallelujah. Thank God that our intercessors are here and we give them prayer requests from not only our community and not only this church, but, but we've got uh, businesses that hundreds and hundreds of businesses, time uh, times coming from Hampton Roads, at times coming from Baltimore, Maryland, at times coming from Atlanta, Georgia. And we've got through the internet the prayer requests that are coming from all around the world. Let me tell you what, we've got intercessors that believe in the power of prayer. And every Tuesday they're here in the healing rooms praying for those that show up by the thousands and the thousands that have come over the years. Let me tell you what, we are a praying church. Hallelujah. We've got chaplains that wanted to be trained to go up out of here, to go up into the hospitals and to go up into the prisons 
heaven so that they could pray with those that couldn't even make it here. Thank God for the power of prayer. Praying to see the change of God come in our city and our cities and our state and our nation and ultimately around the world. Praise God. Thank you for joining in during this season where we've joined in with tens of thousands of thousands of people around the world with the Seek God for the City 2018 as we've been praying leading up to Palm Sunday in 40 days of prayer and fasting as we prepare for the Spring Feast and Eastern Resurrection Sunday that is right around the corner. We can't lose sight that prayer changes things. Did you know that? Prayer changes things things. Prayer changes the person who's praying. Anybody know how that changed you? Prayer not only changes the person that's praying, but prayer changes the stuff you're praying about. We are here today because somebody prayed for us. How many of you know you're here today because somebody prayed for you? Hallelujah. They knew you. They called you by name. They called you by name. Unlike the lady, the older lady who visited our church after me being here years and years of pastoring and there was a new usher met her out in the foyer and said, you know, uh, I'm here. I'd like to help you find a seat. She said, I want to sit right up front. He says, uh, well, Pastor Tim's a little boring and you might go to sleep. So you probably don't want to sit up front. You know, he'll, he'll call you out. How about let's get you behind somebody with some big hair. So if you need to take a nap, you can take a nap. And she said, do you know who I am? And this person says, no, I don't. And he says, I'm Pastor Tim's mother. <laughs> and he says, well, Miss, Miss Lambert, do you know who I am? And she said, no. He said, good. And he ran. <laughs> That's not true story. Mom, I just had to use it. Thank God somebody knew your name. They knew you. They called your name out in prayer. And you're here today because they prayed. We go through this, we see there's another ingredient because a certain man from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called Beautiful. They put him in position there at the gate. And if he was not in that position then he would not have been at the crossroads of Peter and John on this day. I'm telling you, there's something about being in the right place at the right time. Amen. It doesn't matter how you get into position. It may even look like the devil helped put you into position, but you need to know that you need to declare every day that I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God. Circumstances, whatever they may be, is going to be usher, used by God to usher me in to the right place at the right time. I'm going to receive all that I need from God. I'm going to receive the miracle of God in my life. So we need to say it doesn't matter how I get into position as long as I'm in position. And some of you are here today because somebody brought you here. Somebody brought you here. They carried you here. They invited you here. And, and they helped you find uh, here the miracle crossroads of God for your life. 
You may be in trouble. The trouble may have brought you here today. You wouldn't have been here, but this trouble has got you going to look to see what God would say. Let, you need to rejoice because that trouble is going to be trouble no more, but that trouble brought you to the place where you're going to find your solution and find your answer. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter as long as you're in position to receive. And I ask you right now, are you in position to receive the miracle manifest of heaven on earth? You would be amazed. You would be absolutely flabbergasted if you could truly see how many people would come and be in the position here today to receive the Word of God if you would just invite them. If you would just invite them. And, and how easy it is to be blessed when you're in a blessed place. They need the blessings of this house. They need the encouragement of this house. They need the teaching of this house. But they, they won't be in position unless you allow God to maybe help you carry them, help you invite them, help you bring them into the place. And let me tell you what, when they're saved, you're talking about an eternal work of God, something that's going to go on forever and ever. Proper position. I think Pastor Radika has had such an urgency and a, and a, and a push of the Spirit to, to really educate and encourage us to take these invites and to reach out and begin to invite our neighbors and friends and people and strangers into the house of the Lord. That we would be the evangelistic outreach for the advancement of the kingdom of God through invitation to help people get in proper position to receive from God. Hallelujah. And then as we go on, we see that they, uh, he fixed his eyes on uh, him, John, John there with Peter. And, and he said, look at us. Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Amen. He was expecting to receive something. It didn't say what, but he was expecting to receive something. Let me tell you what, if we're going to receive miracles from God, somebody has to be expecting them. Somebody has to be expecting them. You go in a place where they say miracles are past and that's a thing of the past. Uh, it'll never happen. You'll never see miracles there. But where you've got people who are leaning on the front of their toes, you might would say, forward uh, uh, leaning and, and, and forward position because they're expecting, they're expecting that this is that God we serve is a miracle working God. The God that we love has the power to transform no matter what it may seem like impossible is possible with God. So instead of leaning back, we're leaning forward with expectancy. The seed of the word is rooted in our heart. And like a farmer, we are, we are preparing the barn and we're we're preparing the silo for an harvest that is coming. Even before the seed is sprouted, we know it's there and it's going to bring a harvest. Just like a woman who is pregnant with the seed of a man, she is going and she said, we got we to gotta start nesting. We got to go and clean this place. And honey, we got to paint this room. And honey, we got to get these curtains and we got to get this crib and we got to get this bassinet and we got to get this rocker. We're preparing for what's about to come because she's expecting. She's expecting all that we as sons and daughters of God would stop looking at the days of old uh, where maybe there was loss and where there was hurt and where there was disappointment and where there was despair and instead of leaning back into that we would lean forward we would lean forward I played football and our coach said you will not be successful going forward on the offense if you're leaning backwards on your heels you gotta stay on your toes I used to take karate and you had to stay on your toes and when you punch something you didn't 
didn't punch it to the surface. You punched through it because you were going forward with power and you're going forward with expectancy. You weren't going into this to get hurt. You were going into this to hurt your uh, the opponent so that they'd back down. Let me tell you, we got a real enemy. We got a real enemy, the devil. And he's seeking whom he may destroy. He's trying to kill. He's trying to destroy. He's trying to steal. But let me tell you what, greater, 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 greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And we need to start getting forward in our stance and saying, devil, you come cross my path and I'm going to take you down in the name of Jesus. I'm going to come against you with the blood of the Lamb. I'm going to come against you with the Word of God. I'm going to come against you in the name of Jesus. I've got weapons that you don't even want me to pull out because you know you are already defeated. You know you are already a loser. But he's just got to see it in you that you believe what you have. Hallelujah. I get so excited on Saturday evenings as we're preparing for this time of corporate worship in the Word because I'm expecting something. I'm expecting your miracle. I'm expecting your healing. I'm expecting your breakthrough. I'm expecting your advancement. I'm expecting you to get a word, a rhema word, where the Logos of God becomes real to you and you begin to walk and live at a whole nother level. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got to expect, we got to expect that God is going to do what God said He's going to do. Leaning into the Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then we got our final one here. It says, And He took him, Peter reached down, took him by the right hand, and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Somebody's got to extend their hand. In the miracle makeup of this, this miracle... The ingredient we see is an extended hand. I say again, somebody's got to extend their hand. If you want to be a part of the miracle flow of God, you've got to learn to extend yourself. You've got to see the kingdom of God, not just you, but the kingdom of God. If you want to see God do great things in and through you, you've got to extend yourself. In the working of miracles, God has chosen that many miracles that He works, He works in and through us. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Isn't that what he says? Anoint with oil and pray the prayer of faith and God will raise them up. The missionaries, the orphans, the widows' needs are met by the gift that you gave through the extension of your hand. Can you imagine how many miracles would happen if we were willing to extend our hand and do something? To teach a class, to serve where needed, to pray for someone in need to give to help meet someone's need, to give our tithes and our offerings to assist the ministry that reaches to thousands and thousands of lives that it's invested into. Learning to extend our hand. I'm here to tell you, as we look at these ingredients, I pray today that God using me has helped bring you to an elevated place where you are looking to God. You're looking to Him. He is your Alpha and Omega. He's your beginning and your end. He is your provider. He is your healer. He is your deliverer. He is your source of strength. He is God. You're in an elevated place to where you're saying, Welcome, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you raised Jesus from the dead. You're the same Holy Spirit that is working in me and through me. I come in agreement with your word that you said greater works you were going to do through me, Lord. Greater works because of your Holy Spirit. So Lord, I come in agreement 
And I pray, I pray for those in need. I pray for those who are bound. I pray for those that are locked up. I pray for those that are sad. I pray for those that are defeated. I pray for those that feel like there's no way. I want to show them the way. Jesus, you're the way, the truth, and the life. And God, I want to help get people into proper position. If I need to invite them to bring them to hear the anointed preaching of the Word of God in the anointed gathering together of the ecclesia in the kingdom government here at Christian Embassy, help me, Lord God, to not give up on them, but to help get them in proper position so that they can hear, they can believe, they can receive, and they can be delivered. Hallelujah. And Lord God, I want to live every day, not just Sunday, not just Wednesday. I want to live every day with expectation. Lord, I'm expecting to see a breakthrough. I'm expecting to see increase. I'm expecting. I was just telling Pastor Rodica, I just said to her, I think it was yesterday, I said, God is so good to us. Every need is met. He's a great God. He's blessed us. We thank Him for that. I said, but there's just an expectation in me that something bigger, something bigger is about to come into our life. And I say it's a bigger influence, a bigger platform, a bigger inheritance of some sort. I say, I don't know what it is and I don't even want to put a detail on it. I'm just expecting it. God says, I'm going to do even greater things. I'm going to take you from glory to glory. So I don't want to get satisfied at one level. I just want to, God, use me. God, use me however you want to use me, Lord God. I'm expecting it. And when I come back and tell you what it is, I don't know what it is yet, but I'm expecting something. Like this guy I'm expecting something so I don't know what it is but it's coming it's coming and I'll give him testimony and I'll give him praise for it hallelujah and then we got to understand there needs to be an extended hand are you willing to extend your hand and say God use my hand use my hand use my hand to help use my hand to bless use my hand to flow through Lord I want to extend myself for your kingdom work and when you do that the final result of the miracle will be like this guy where the Bible says, so he leaping up, he stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And this, amen, this caused such a stir that Peter and John gets called before government officials because of this miracle. Let me tell you what, I want to be used by God in such a way that cities and nations are changed for the glory of God. Hallelujah! How about you? Let us stand together. Praise the name of the Lord. Father, we come together right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, we are not going to back down and we're not going to give up and we're not in any way, Lord God, going to leave here discouraged today. We know that you're a miracle working God. That Jesus, you had unfinished business and you came and finished it to give us the power, to give us the position, to give us the authority, to give us the opportunity to extend our hand that you, Holy Ghost, would flow in us and through us to help bring forth your kingdom work on earth as it is in heaven. So here am I, Lord God. Just go ahead and tell him, God, I'm here. I'm here. Surrender to you, Lord God. I surrender myself to you, Holy Spirit. Fill me afresh. Fill me anew. Fill this temple, Lord God. Fill this place. Fill me, Lord God. I want to go forth in the power and the might of your spirit. Lord, I want to go forth being used by you to do greater things, greater things, hallelujah, for your glory and for your honor. Here am I, Lord God. Fill me. And you may be here this morning and say, you know, 
I can't ask the Holy Spirit to fill me and use me because I'm not even a part of the family of God. Well, you can change that right now. That God is extended to open a door to you. And He has rolled out a bridge for you to cross troubled water and to come out of a life of darkness into a life of light. To come out of a life of bondage into a life of freedom. To come out of a life of sin and degradation that has an eternity of damnation into a life of joy and peace uh, that has an eternity with God in His joy and His love. Hallelujah. And that, that bridge is Jesus Christ. And Paul said, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord, have you done that? Have you confessed Jesus Christ is your Lord? Which means, I surrender to you, Jesus. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. You're my Lord. You're my Lord. I surrender. I give my life to you. I place my faith in your work. Hallelujah. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me, Lord. Accept me, Lord. Lord, I want to be your child. A child of God. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is your Lord. And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. He is alive. And you welcome him now to live in and through you saved Jesus I confess your Lordship over my life and I believe that God has raised you from the dead you are alive come live in and through me pray a prayer just like that let me tell you what the Bible says the Holy Spirit will take you and baptize you into the body of Christ as a son or a daughter of God a miracle of transformation a new creature in Christ Jesus you become by the power of the Spirit of God when you surrender to Jesus. Jesus, hallelujah. Father, we thank you for every person that has made the commitment of total surrender to you, Jesus. Now fill us with your Spirit. As we go into this week, we can be the extended hand of, of heaven on earth to advance your kingdom. Just go ahead and just lift your hands before you like you're going forward just saying Lord as my hands go before me Holy Spirit flow through my hands that your kingdom come your will be done through my extended hands as I go into this week to you be the glory and the honor and the praise for it is in Jesus name we pray and everyone said Amen, Amen. come on let's give God some praise here this morning